I'm going to try to do my Disney voice. Yes, do it. Here we go. It's been a while. Welcome to We Watch Things. Please keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Ready when you are, CB. Mm, hooray for Hollywood. Hollywood. I've never felt cooler in my <laughs> life. <laughs> never ever. Our, the coolness has... We are at the apex yeah. of the coolness. Nowhere to go from here. Welcome back, guys. Okay, hi. Yes, hope you guys like that introduction. <laughs> yes, um, it's in keeping with our theme where we kind of kicked off our Great Movie Ride series with Alien, but we are starting now at the beginning of the ride. Yes. Kind of the beginning of movies, in a way, because um, we even deal with silent movies in this episode. Um, so, picture it. Disney World, 1989. So hot. <laughs> Literally and metaphorically. You're sitting in a giant rectangle. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. And you start going into the movies. The first movie we see, Footlight Parade. What is Footlight Parade, you ask? Because you've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, Footlight Parade was released in 1933. It's a musical. Um, a talkie. Yeah, but as, yeah, a talkie. A talkie, call it. but about the silent, uh, silent movies and... The beginning of talkies um it was directed by busby berkeley and choreographed and it starred james cagney um it's about a man who is directing for broadway but movies are starting to put him out of a job so he hatches a plan to direct three live musical prologues that would play before these silent films um for a large um, a large musical theater chain which could lead to a second career directing for the movies yes um so this was my first time seeing this movie. This was definitely my first time seeing and hearing the, yeah. this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I must have heard it, but never like committed to memory. You until... see, you see one scene in the ride of um, like this human fountain, yeah. of all these women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's really a sight. Like when, yeah. when you were telling me about the movie, you were like, "Oh, if you have ever seen like people and organized crowds like holding up signs to make bigger pictures, mm-hmm. or just like um, this is kind of like where that comes from." Yeah, like, a lot of choreographed synchronized swimming and like yeah, Busby chor- Berkeley was like an amazing choreographer, and he really, I mean, it's just a spectacle is like the only thing I can call it because it's huge and there's. I mean, 50 to 100 women in these scenes that are all synchronized, but then all doing kind of different things, and they still borrow from this today. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It was really fun seeing that. Yeah, it was. Um, it was an, um, yeah, very interesting <laughs> movie. Yeah, it definitely a product of its time. Yes. There were some moments. Uh, there, There's one moment where he says he's trying to think of his um this is like a warning too if you ever actually want to watch this movie (laughs) where he's trying to talk about his ideas for his prologues and he says something like there's going to be 30 girls in blackface for the slaves of west africa episode or thing and i was like dear god please i don't want to see this oh my god are we gonna have to watch this and we don't no we don't Don't. luckily thankfully i was like oh my god thankfully they they don't do any blackface Mm -mm. i was worried um they do I think if they would have, do you think Disney would have pulled it from the ride? 
Or not well, I don't think they would have put it in. Well, it doesn't have put it in, but like even just having like that one scene, like even referencing Footlights. I right? think they would have picked a different movie. Okay, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I just I'd like to think that. <laughs> I think they would too. Because I'm a Disney fan, and I know people hate on Disney a lot, and they bring things up like Song of the South and and the the Crows and Dumbo, and like I'm not justifying either of those. Yeah. But, but it's a product of its time, and you do have to kind of remember. Yeah, remember that. that. But I and like I, but I don't think they would have put it in. I think they would have chosen. I mean, they probably would have just chosen another Busby Berkeley movie or another. Mm-hmm. I think the reason they chose this one is because it did deal with the industry. Right. It dealt mm-hmm. with the start of movies in silent films. Um, there was going to be a whole silent film thing in the Great Movie Ride, but it got scrapped for some reason. I forgot oh. why. Um, so they, they don't do blackface, which is good, <laughs> but they do have the last number is called Shanghai Lil and oh, it does have a white girl trying to be Asian yeah, complete with an accent, oh, which yeah. made me like just melt into the couch. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, but aside from that, yeah, it was, it was, um, I mean, my favorite, my favorite scene was the cat number. Oh my gosh, that cat number was insane. 100% better than cats. I think yes. you'll agree. Because oh, we've discussed how we both feel about cats. Andrew Lloyd Webber should have taken his notes. I love Andrew Lloyd Webber. My problem with cats is nothing happens. There is no plot. And it drives me insane. Mm-hmm. At least these cats were doing something. These cats were... There was a story. They fell in love. They were sitting on the fence. Yep. It was cute. There was a man dressed as cat. Um, yeah, and this movie had some, like, great lines, too, which we're going to talk about a little bit, because, I mean, my favorite line was between these two women, and this one woman wanted the, this other one to, like, leave, because she was, like, getting on her man, and she was like, get out of here, and she says something like, well, you're kicking me out, what am I going to do, I don't have a job, and she goes... As long as they've got sidewalks, you've got a job. <laughs> yes. Oh, my like, gosh. That was, like, such a burn. Oh, my gosh. Good. Such a good one. Um, yeah. Not, not much has changed. No, not much with, has changed. With the reads. <laughs> that, I know. That was, like, remember that for, like, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. It was, it, I locked that one away real quick. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, I'm going to... Bring that back up because something that struck me about this movie was how sexual it was. Yeah. And I was really shocked. Because, um, I mean, you both of us have watched a lot of musicals. I don't know if I've ever seen one this early. This is 1933. I mean, this is probably the earliest musical I've ever seen. Yeah, I think... Easily. I think me too. At least a movie musical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And there's a reason why it seemed so dirty to us, which we're going to talk about later. Um, but we can move into our second musical, unless you have anything else you want to add specifically about Footlight Parade. Well, I mean, like, I was just going to, like, comment. I mean, no, I can, like, save that comment for, like, an overall one. I mean, like, it was it was definitely getting you. I had to get used to, like, watching the style. Like, the talking was, like, hard for me. The dialogue. Yeah, they, they have those... 
like transatlantic accents or something where everyone is like, hey, kid, and they were like, they talk so fast. Oh my gosh. And we like tried to get subtitles and we could not get subtitles for <laughs> this. Not. And I was like so mad just because it's like, I wish I could like, yeah. it does make it a little hard to follow. It does. And the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I was a little confused about why he needed to direct live musical prologues to break into the film industry. Like, why couldn't he film his musical prologues and then... But it was all about, like, competing theater chains, which was really interesting because it was very American in this way. There's a scene, and it's the scene that sets off his um, big idea about doing these musical pro like a bunch of mini musical prologues Mm -hmm. before movies and like mass producing them and what sets him off what gives him the idea is he goes into this drugstore to buy i want to say cigarettes or matches something cigarettes cigarettes so he's trying to buy these cigarettes and he is talking to the guy and he's like you're you charge me so little what's going on and when i go across the street to the mom and pop store they charge me so much and the guy says, well, we're a chain, so we can mass buy them, and then we can sell them for much lower than the mom and pop store can. And James Cagney's like, that's a brilliant idea. And he goes back, and that like gives him the idea for the movie. And I was yeah. like, wow. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about what, this mo- like, what movies would be like if they were made today. I think it'd be the opposite message if it were right. made today. It <laughs> yeah. would be like, support your mom and pop store, not... The corporate, yeah, the, the corporation, chains. the chain. Yeah. So that was, was interesting. It was also really funny to hear them refer to all of these like productions as units. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Well, we could do a unit about like, uh, <laughs> look at me trying to do my accent. <laughs> we could like every." He was like, grab like grabbing at straws at like anything that could be like, let's do a show about cats. Let's do a show about cups. We could just yeah. do, no, it was just like rambling on and on and like. I felt like we saw so many different, like, units come up. Yeah. Just, like, different types of things that they were just, like, doing and rehearsing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my. Like, it was making my head spin. I was like, I couldn't keep up with it. Like, yeah. Let, let alone be performing in these numbers. I know. It's it's crazy. I don't know how they kept them all straight. And I don't know how, like, Busby Berkeley could put all of these moving pieces together. And it's something that I love about his choreography. Like, he choreographs everything. It's not just the dancers. It's also where the dancers are standing. It's also where the camera is. It's also where the set is and where the set is moving. There's even ooh, there's even a thing where he choreographs the lights with it. Like, when yeah. they're underwater, mm-hmm. oh, the yeah. lights turn in different areas that give them different silhouettes as they're moving. And, like, everything was thought of. No, it was the... Under, like, I was very, very impressed with the water, like, the the swimming footage. Like, whenever we were in the water and all that footage, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, like, incredible for someone at their time doing this. Yeah. And just, like, you know, like you said, doing this really intense choreography with, like, not really a lot of mistakes. Like, it was just very clean and it was very polished. I Mm -hmm. mean, yes, I get it's a film, but at the same time, like, that does take time and effort and skill to get all those moving parts together. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, hats off. Yeah, and it's something that... I don't see in musicals today. In musicals today, they put the camera somewhere and then the people dance in front of it. And also what drives me crazy is that they put the camera somewhere and they cut off dancers' feet all the time now. And I hate it. I didn't even think about that. It drives me crazy every time I watch... Like, not every time, but a lot of times when I watch these newer musicals, 
uh, you can't see their feet. And it drives me especially crazy when they're tap dancing. That, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, because tap dancing is all your feet. Like, right. it's your whole body, but it's mainly your feet. It's mm-hmm. not like ballet where your upper body is also doing something interesting. It's like, it's all your feet. And I want to see your feet. <laughs> right. Agreed. Yeah. So I, I want, I wish that people still made movies like this today. Yeah. That would, updated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just like, yeah, Netflix, I got a new special idea for you. Yeah. <laughs> Prologues. Yeah. Pro- <laughs> um, yeah. And then they, okay. So they have three main, there are three prologues. Yes. The first one is called a honeymoon hotel. And Which boy, was kind of it fun. Full. It's so fun. Full of sexual innuendos. Oh, so many. So many. Um, even there's one scene where a whole bunch of women come out and they're all wearing nightgowns and the tops of the nightgowns are like like flesh colored and in black and white, they look naked. Yeah, they look real naked. <laughs> well, also I was like, did they sing in the musical? Like throughout the movie? Was there singing? Um, I think the only singing was the stuff on the stage. Yeah, which I thought was like very funny for like, mm-hmm. like to, for this to like be like a musical. There yeah. wasn't really any singing until the end of the until movie. Until the end and it was all singing. Yeah. It was just <laughs> one, three back to back numbers because we had honeymoon hotel which yeah. was such a huge spectacle too i mean there there was a scene where it reminded me of um hereditary yes oh, right. <laughs> they, we had the camera still. pulls out and mm-hmm. there's the whole hotel there and you see like nine one two three there were probably like six hotel rooms with these people in them um so that was the first one the second one was the water one i don't know what to call it it was like Something me- I want to say it's something melody or met like oh like know, mermaid or, or, or like waterfall name. or the whole l- lagoon, lagoon, the whole story or, or something yeah the whole thing was the man fell asleep by this little mini waterfall waiting for his girl or something and he has this dream sequence with all these women swimming yeah. around and then we had Shanghai Lil and then we had Shanghai Lil which was it happened um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, like, like I think my favorite one was the Honeymoon Hotel because there was, like, really good singing and, like, it was really mm-hmm. fun. And it was really interesting, though, is because while we were watching this, like, the they would all show up at the theater and mm-hmm. you would see them in the theater getting ready, the band getting ready, and then mm-hmm. they would start performing. But then it was these whole elaborate sets where I was like, wait, this isn't, like, in a theater. Right. Like, like in the movie, it's supposed to be, like, these are his prologues, but... It's clearly on a sound stage. Yeah. It's just too big to be on a regular stage. It is. But, I mean, it's fun and it's great. But it was just, like, it did confuse me a little bit. I was like, wait, did we leave? Because, like, I feel like we're so used to not being told, but at least there's, like, some work in post-production or at least there's, like, a storytelling element that lets us know that we've... Unless, like, that that we've left. Right. It'd be something like, it'd be a dissolve or, like... A, just a clear difference. Yeah. But they, I think they really were trying to pass it off that this was on the stage. Right. It's just, we know better. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the blocking and the way that everything is like getting on there and stuff is being done. I was like, like this is like impossible. There's no way this giant water tank is yeah. on his you, stage. And you would change the whole floor, like the whole floor. And I was like, okay, yeah. where'd the pool come from then? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hello. Mm-hmm. Like, Although I did see a Cirque du Soleil show with a giant pool of water underneath it was very cool because they it was everything was up in the air and then they would jump off and they would disappear in the stage because it was a water oh that's cool it's very cool it's called O in Vegas yeah oh (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. And then we had our next movie. Next movie, Come Around the Corner, Singing in the Rain. It's one of my favorite things that's ever been put on film, that scene. I just love it. I love the whole movie, um, but that scene especially, that song makes me so happy. Um, But yeah, Singing in the Rain, released in 1952, directed by Stanley Donan or Donan and Gene Kelly. Um, And that one is about a silent film actor who might be out of the job because of talkies. So he and his friend hatch a plan to turn their current silent flop into a musical. And this one is more your traditional musical because they sing outside of the Mm -hmm. movie in the movie, too. Um, so I've, I mean, I've seen this a thousand times. I love it. It's one of my favorites. What'd you think? I absolutely loved this movie. Yeah. Good. So, so cute. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has enough credit. I mean, like maybe it, you have seen this, but like, I don't know. I feel like this could be even remade. I mean, I probably wouldn't want it to be remade, but like, I think yeah. like this needs more visibility. It is such a cute movie. Mm-hmm. I loved how it's like a buddy movie too. Oh yeah. His friend, um, they talk about his friend a lot. Donald O'Connor. I forgot his name in the movie, but he's. A genius. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does have a lot of representation. Like, it is... I've seen it played in theaters before, um, which was really fun to see it on the big screen. If you saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt host Saturday Night Live, he did the Make Him Laugh scene. He completely oh. recreated it. Oh, my it was gosh. amazing. So, okay. Complete I'll, with I'll have to look up. running up the wall and doing the flips and everything. Oh, wow. Really, oh, my really gosh. Good. He did? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. He did the whole thing. Um, he just literally came out and did it. It's so good um okay i have a, a fun little tidbit because it made me think of you okay. you know how when he meets um when gene kelly meets debbie reynolds for the first time mm-hmm. and she says i'm an actress on the stage and he keeps calling her ethel barrymore uh-huh. do you know who that is no okay so she she was an actress like really famous a long time ago and it's drew barrymore's great aunt Shut up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that, but like Drew Barrymore comes from a very long, like the Barrymores. Ooh, I that's so cute. Huge entertainment family with a long history. And I think Ethel Barrymore is her great aunt. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Yeah, because I know you love Drew Barrymore. So. I do. She's one of the faves. I know. I I'm so her. sad her Santa Clara Diet got canceled. Yeah. Netflix that's a WTF. It was just getting really good, too. Damn. Yeah. Like I finished the I finished it and I was like, fuck, I need more. Like they didn't yeah. close it out. And I was like, you know what? You might not need to do a series because like someone had mentioned that like because of the Fox Disney merger mm-hmm. that like Netflix is like kind of being careful of what they put their money into, I guess. Cause I well, think this was they're... their plan all along. Their plan financially, from what I've heard, was to just create so much content and then eventually stop. Like when they had all this content then kind of pull it back to try to make back their money okay um because then they would have all the content so this could be the start of it because they canceled um one day at a time yeah which a lot of people are upset about a lot of people were mad about and canceled this one and it's like because it seems weird because they are canceling these shows that actually do have a lot of people watching these those two had pretty big audiences so I don't know. I don't know why. It's weird. I mean, it would have been better if they would have, like, put a pause on production. If they would have announced yeah. a pause rather than... Because what you're saying is making sense. Like, okay, we need to take a break and, like, we're creating so much content. We need to, like, hold on a hold, like, wait and hold mm-hmm. our money back. And it's like, okay, why don't you just tell... I mean, like, maybe this is the reaction that Netflix wants because, I mean, again, you and I were discussing this earlier before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, polarizing... It's becoming to a point now in our society where polarizing 
um, energy is more um, benefactory or more beneficial. beneficial. <laughs> more beneficial, and I feel like you make more money and you stay in people's minds just because we live yeah. in a world where there's so much noise, mm-hmm. especially with the rise of content creation and YouTube and just mm-hmm. like everything, everyone's trying to get your attention. You know, you get burned. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, I feel bad. And it's like, imagine now when Netflix brings back One Day at a Time or Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah. You're going to give them so much praise and you're going to be so happy. Yeah. Because you're going to forget how upset you were and you're going to be like, oh, at least my show is back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, until people realize that pattern. Yeah. You know, but they could have also, I would rather see them, when they green light these shows, <clears throat> tell them, you're only go- we're going to green light you for this many seasons and I know right. you don't always know that in advance right you don't but, but like crazy ex-girlfriend she knew that yeah. you we all knew that we were getting four seasons four seasons and they had planned it out that's what she wanted um so so but I feel like even to because some shows get the heads up that they're gonna get canceled and yeah. then they can figure out how to write what they wanted to write I hate it when shows don't get the heads up and then they can't end it right and that's like exactly what happened to something like created diet mm-hmm. and i was like i don't need a whole season just give me like a movie to wrap up all of my right. stuff right like a short or not a short, but like do they want a movie just like give me something sometimes hbo did that with looking okay They've i know didn't that happen times. with veronica mars too yeah for, but now but she's that getting, was that was crowdfunded though oh was it mm-hmm. oh that's so cute but yeah. she's getting her show back now yeah mm-hmm. so see it's just like we live in this age of time. like that's why like people are mad but i'm like not that upset like i have a feeling it will come back yeah Like, I'm just like, stuff will come back. It's so funny. So I went, my parents were in town recently, and as like a fun thing, we toured the Paramount lot, and they have this board in it where they write down everything that's on the lot, Mm -hmm. and I forget everything that was on there, but I was looking at it, and it was Magnum P.I. and like Miami Vice or something, and then something else, and I was like, what year is it? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was all the ones that they'd brought back. It was like... Roseanne or something weird like it wasn't that one but because it's not called Roseanne anymore but it was something like that where it was like a bunch of shows that have come back and I was like what weird yeah (laughs) like happy for the fans of those shows but weird yeah very much so yeah yeah so yeah you never know um I there was a lot of aspects about singing in the rain that I liked Mm -hmm. um the showmanship yeah in this like it was very refreshing, mm-hmm. and I mean, maybe it's just because we're like theater kids, but like how um, Gene Kelly and what's the other guy's name? Donald O'Connor. Donald O'Connor. The, what they could do with their feet, the oh. way that they performed with the instruments, like their story was so cute too. Was like how they yeah. came up into. I really enjoyed this a lot too. Was like how they came up in the industry like their story mm-hmm. of like okay we were just like two boys that just love to like put on shows and we just like to like make people happy and like just yeah. entertain them it was like a real hollywood story yeah yeah and they would like they taught themselves like violin and piano mm-hmm. and they would just like practice every day and then it's like so cute because then they like moved out here and then they mm-hmm. were doing like mood music for the silent films and yeah. then like one of the stunt guys like went unconscious which was like very scary and like yeah. very real and then like Gene Kelly was like well I can do that stunt mm-hmm. and it was just like you know being in the right place at the right time but it's like look what you it's almost and it's almost like you know putting yourself to like yeah no such thing as luck if you you know people say like right. keep, they put themselves in there mm-hmm. they to, took like, those opportunities when they saw them right and it was just cool that he could, that he was hot. Like, oh my gosh, Gene Kelly. I was like, I have a, <sighs> the biggest crush on Gene Kelly. He's like, girl, he mm. got me going. 
Oh, he's so cute. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. And so they're doing all these stunts and then, yeah, it leads to like a fruitful career. And that's, I mean, that's what happens in Hollywood. Every overnight success is 10 years yeah, of that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what they show. But I also love that he's like, it was dignity the whole time. And like, he's not telling his E true Hollywood story. He's yeah. telling his E fake Hollywood story. Mm-hmm. Get him sassy. <laughs> um, but Gene Kelly is actually a huge choreographer too. And oh, he's okay. one of my favorite choreographers because of how playful he is. And he also, kind of like Busby Berkeley, incorporates a lot of stuff into his dancing. It's not just like everything stops and we dance. It's like he did one of my favorite tap dancing numbers is a scene he did on roller skates and he tap dances on roller skates oh my gosh and it's incredible and like he dances with a mop and (laughs) and it's just so cute and he also because he got into directing starting with this one co-directing and then he kind of took off and started directing movies on his own um musicals too he directed hello dolly um with barbara streisand Mm -hmm. yeah you know, Barbara. Babs. <laughs> um, but he incorporates the camera, too. And I just think dancing should tell a story. And yeah. same with, like, a camera. And everything should be choreographed together. And if you leave one out, like, one element out... You're being lazy. You're being lazy. And I just love his his dances. Yeah. yeah. No, you... Yeah, he can really bring anything into his dance which I think is like shown in this movie too it's Mm -hmm. like so cute because you don't think of it but it's like no like that's like incredibly talented to like take an ordinary object and work it into a dance Mm -hmm. and make it so fun like you said it's just everything about him is fun yes and it's Mm -hmm. like very feel good yeah um he's a little bit looser too like as much as I like Fred Astaire and he's an amazing dancer too he was a little bit more controlled in his choreography and in his dancing and i love how free gene kelly is yeah. when he dances mm-hmm. i heard i don't know how true this is but towards the end of his life i heard that he used to have paula abdul over for like tea all the time oh my god because she was coming up in her like choreography career yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah they used to get together and talk about dancing and i'm so oh, jealous so cute i know oh i know god i would love like if i He's on like my on list your... of like things i would love to do in my life if time travel was possible i would love to go dance with gene kelly because i i mean i'm not I'm not the best tap dancer in the world, but I did it for a little over 20 years. So I'm like super just passionate a little. About it. <laughs> I did. Like I was competitive with it. I, I loved it. For the best, but it was one of my favorite things to do. And if we didn't live in an apartment complex, I would still do it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have all my shoes. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to dance with him. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, yeah, I'm sorry. That's it. I mean, that's it. Um, and so, okay, tying these two movies together before we go into our third one which we're going to probably just touch on briefly um and then i have something very interesting in film history for us to talk about um both footlight parade and singing in the rain like we mentioned deal with the movie industry and the transitions it was footlight parade was the transition from theater to film and then singing in the rain is silent film to talking film and then we go to mary poppins which is our third movie that we're talking about today because it's kind of the third one in this section Mm -hmm. of the ride um that's kind of like peak musical yeah you know that's kind of what we really recognize now 
as a Hollywood musical. So Mary Poppins, released in 1964, directed by Robert Stevenson. It's about a mysterious nanny who visits a family in London, and they go on magical adventures. And it's fun. And it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. And it's whimsical. It's very whimsical, and I love it. Um, It's not about the film industry like the other two. I think Disney probably put in the ride because they owned it. Right. That was a big thing with this ride is they could only put in movies that they... Mm -hmm. They couldn't put in any like Universal Mm -hmm. movies because Universal was building their own theme parks. Um, Which is why most of these movies are MGM because they struck up a huge deal with MGM. Right. Which wasn't doing very well at all. Mm -hmm. And Hollywood Studios was once called MGM Studios. Rest in peace. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only park I feel like to have its name changed <laughs> I know. so many times. <laughs> Wasn't it going to be like Inspira Magic or something for a while? Yeah, something it was well like... done. Yeah, it was just like, no, don't even try that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I thought it was really interesting, Jared, that you just saw Mary Poppins for the first time recently. Yeah, because I never had the urge to go and see it. I know. Yeah. I mean, like, my friend... It's funny, because, like, one of my friends, she could only watch this movie as a kid because there was no villains in it. Really? Yeah. She was like, any other Disney movie scared her because there was, like, villains. Okay. This movie, The Bank, scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Oh, really? <laughs> so much. And I I think it's why, like, I don't trust the government. Because <laughs> I'm not, like, a conspiracy theorist. Like, I trust the government in some ways, but, like, I'm cautious. And I think... I think it's because of like the institution of the bank in Mary yeah. Poppins because mm. they go in there and it's like dark and scary and then all these men just kind of come out of the shadows and they're like, kid, give me your money. And I'm just like, oh my God, run. It happens, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's what they have. And then, mm-hmm. and I cry during Feed the Birds every time. It's That's because it's such a sad, oh my gosh, it's such a it's sad It's possibly song. my favorite Disney song. Yeah. I love it. Isn't that Waltz too? That's what they say in Saving Mr. Banks. And when they said that, I felt very proud. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I have the same favorite song as well. Mary, but also it's like the history of Mary Poppins and mm-hmm. Disney is so intricate and probably like the most um, friction yeah. out of like any of like the IP that is owned. Cause like, I mean, like we have stories like Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. And um, I think that's, well, I don't know if there was something else, but like it was just like, I love watching Saving Mr. Banks. I think I like, too. also after I saw that movie, I was like, okay, I need to like see Mary Poppins. I can't believe you saw Saving Mr. Banks before seeing Mary Poppins. Jared, <laughs> you just do some things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do a lot of things wrong. I don't know. Just, yeah. But I did go see Mary Poppins Returns when it came I out. liked Mary Poppins Returns. I thought it was cute. Yeah. Yeah. I think what like bothers me the most about Mary Poppins is that there like isn't like a straightforward plot. Or, like, there really yeah. isn't, like, a story. It's just, like, all of the... It, it seemed, like, too much for me because it was just, like, all these little random-ass things. It's a very loose story. And it is, it is like, like a lot of musicals. You could cut out almost all of the musical scenes and it would play like a movie. And yeah. it would just be your straightforward mm-hmm. story. Um, which a lot of musicals have. And sometimes I'm okay with it. Like, Footlight Parade, it kind of moved the story forward. But at the same time... A lot of musicals like Footlight Parade, it moved the story forward, um, but still kind of stopped. I love when a musical can make 
the musical scene move the story forward and like move the plot forward. Yeah, I was gonna actually gonna ask you that as well, like one of my questions because mm-hmm. I'm with you. I I don't need it, but I really love when there's like major major plot points in the musical numbers. Me too. Like um, some of my favorite musicals are like Aida and Miss Saigon. Okay. And like there are. Maybe not necessarily plot, but like in Aida, one of my favorite numbers is Dance of the Robes. And it's like mm-hmm. the moment where I, well, first of all, it's just like a fucking kick-ass song. <laughs> it's like, if you cannot, if you're like, you will feel the spirits move within I know. Your... I have a video of you drunkenly dancing Dance <laughs> of the Robes somewhere on my phone. It's okay, you, so need, good. you need to post it. We'll have to okay, show. I'll find it. I'll find it. Oh my gosh. But like, it's just like such a crazy song because it's almost like, it's the... It's the number right before the act break. Okay. To come back to the story. Yeah. But it's like, it's at the point where like Aida has realized that she needs to become, because she's a prince, it's about a Nubian princess and like Mm -hmm. Egypt comes in and like takes over her like country. But it's at the point where it's like, she needs to realize and step up her pussy that like, she can't be just the princess anymore. She's got to be the queen and she's got to lead her people. Okay. And in that song, that's like that song. She's like, oh, I need to like step this up and save my people. Yeah. So it's like a really good number. And then like Miss Saigon, like... I guess that one doesn't really technically count because it's almost like an opera where they sing the whole time. I was going to say, like, my favorite, one of my favorites is The Phantom of the Opera, which is more like an opera, and that's probably why those giant plot points are in the song. Yeah. Because, like, everything is sung, yeah, so it kind of has to be. <laughs> like, we don't really have a choice. We don't have a choice. But still, I feel like modern musicals are a little bit better about moving the plot forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like they have to. They, yeah. they, they feel like they have to. But in, like, Singing in the Ring, it was really fun to kind of just, like, step back and, yeah. like, watch them do their thing. Mm-hmm. And I really love Debbie Reynolds. Me like, too. Oh, my gosh. Me too. Adorable. Mm-hmm. Like, so freaking cute. I know. I know. I love her. Okay. We might be able to yeah, hear it. Yeah. Like he turned gonna, it up. Yeah. And I wonder if he can hear us. No, he can't hear us. You sure? Yeah. Because we're talking. I know, but we can hear him when he talks. That's because he's trash. <laughs> Should we... Here, wait. Actually, we can look. Don't say anything. And let's see if there are sound waves. So, like, when he plays the piano. But that was, like, he was doing that drum beat. I know. But this right here was just the song, I think. Maybe not. Yeah. It's just okay. God, I hate it though. And let me let me sign back in before we, because you definitely hear that. <laughs> That's gonna be some nice ASMR for you yeah. when you're editing. So now that we've been talking about musicals, yes. Um, I kind of want to take it back. We mentioned, um, how like sexual Footlight Parade was. Indeed. And I, it struck me so much that I like wrote it down, and I was like look up how they got away with this (laughs) (laughs) and it's because it's a pre-code movie do you know what that means like before the g pg pg 13 came out before that that's actually the rating system's not that old really no it started in early 70s late 60s early 70s before that there was the haze code have you ever heard of the haze code okay cool i'm excited um so the Hayes Code technically started in, I want to say, 1930, but it wasn't really enforced until 1934. So this was 33, so we okay. could get away with it. And, like, keep it in mind, because Footlight Parade, pre-code, singing in the rain, during the code. Gotcha. So. But what, before, and before ratings. And before ratings. Movies weren't rated. Yeah. Back then. 
um, what happened was early Hollywood was pretty scandalous. There were a lot of like pretty big scandals that rocked everyone that made the American people think like, oh no, who are these Hollywood people making these movies? Do we really want to take our families to see them and their influence? Right. And, Interesting. Um, there were like, there were some murders. So <laughs> they happened. Um, like any industry, you know, but the yeah. Hollywood is so in the public that you hear about these things. So what happened was the Motion Picture, the Motion Picture Association of America, the MPAA, mm-hmm. that's, that yes. does like the ratings and does the, they have that little mm-hmm. almost stretched out globe kind of logo, um, numbers all the movies. What they did was they came up with a code that movies could abide by. And it was a way to like keep everyone in check to keep the movies from venturing into territory they didn't want them to go into so that the American people would be more comfortable taking families to see them. And it was also a way to, they kind of jumped on it quickly so that the government wouldn't jump on it. Oh, that's so smart. Right. So it was kind of like, we'll do our own policing so that you guys don't jump in. Right, because then, you know, yeah, what would life be if the government controlled what movies? Yeah. Especially with the way that we went and we use movies to kind of spread and mm-hmm. liberate and, yeah. you know, thoughts. and woo. Exactly. So it's like I can see there, there's like good and bad to it. Um, but it was divided into sections and I, I pulled my favorite stuff. Wait, what do you mean section? It was divided into sections. So the first section was crimes against the law. So, wait, what? This this was like what you shouldn't do. Uh, murder was one you could show. Like murder was okay to have because stories. Um, but the technique of murder must be presented in a way that will not inspire imitation. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, like we could. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's right. funny because that's kind of like what video games get a bad rep for. Exactly. It's something that is brought up a lot today. Is like, mm-hmm. especially when you when you look at like, the guy who shot John Lennon was inspired by The Catcher in the Rye and came out and was like, "This is why I did it." And I forgot, but recently there was like a shooting and he was citing a movie or something. Well, I mean, like there was also that article we read about Thirteen Reasons Why. And, yes, like, we were people just were about trying that. to connect the young teenage boy suicides to mm-hmm. that one, and it's kind of like okay. And yeah. I mean, like, and then we get into like this land of romanticizing murder. Yeah, and I, it's, exactly. It's like I can kind of see it. Yeah, I can kind of see why they would do that. It's a debate that's still Going raging today. today. We yeah. could do a whole episode about it. We could do ten episodes about it. Um, so going into more detail, they said brutal killings are not to be presented in detail. And I want to know what they mean by this. Revenge in modern times shall not be justified. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, I see that as like, like if it was like a Shakespearean or like if you could, you know, that's what I'm going for. That's what I was thinking too. It's just all about timing. Like Like, they could do revenge back there, but we don't want to encourage our current folk to mm-hmm. go on They were revenge. barbaric for doing that. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, there was, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wording in there about like not wanting to sympathize with the villains. Gotcha. I wonder how they felt about effects, like amount of blood or like, does it get into that? You know, it doesn't, but I think that's because that wasn't really an issue mm-hmm. then. People right. would get shot and you wouldn't even see it. Yeah. Well, I need, we'll have to like um, 
not footnote this, but sidebar this for our next episode. Yes. Because we do get a little bit into that. We do. And that also is a pre-code movie. Oh, okay. Oh, so mm-hmm. we will have this discussion. We will have this discussion okay, cool. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now watching movies, you can like think about the time and like the code. Um, so then they go on to say methods of crime shall not be explicitly presented. And then my favorite, they detail it and it's such, it is such a product of its times. It says theft, robbery, safe cracking, and dynamiting of trains, mines, buildings, etc. should not be detailed in method. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no dynamite. Oh my gosh. That, you know, that was, I, for, I did forget to mention this. Mm-hmm. It, watching Footlight Parade, I kind of, and like doing it with like a non because like when we watch these films, mm-hmm. I can't just watch it for pure entertainment value. You right. and I are sitting here and we're trying to pull things that we want to talk about. Yeah. And since I kind of have this like analytical eye when we watch it, mm-hmm. I'm really kind of looking at the culture. Yeah. Like why is this being presented this way? Why are they including this in the film? You know, do they think the same way? It's like kind of interesting to kind of put our minds in the director's mind of like, mm-hmm. why is this being put in there? And it's, I think it's really fine to see what our culture was like back then. Yeah. And this is just kills me that like they have this code of like, because it's just so comical to us that like yeah. dynamite or like safe cracking. Safe cracking. And like, uh, like <laughs> so okay. What's the difference between theft and robbery? I know. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I almost think they're like synonymous. Yeah. But um, like in Footlight Parade, it was, you know, Every th- I haven't maybe this will get we'll see more but like mm-hmm. it was just like in a city and it was yeah. just like really cool to see how like everyone like interacted with each other yeah and like the like the looseness of trust and I would think that a movie like Footlight Parade even though it is a musical would be closer to what the culture was actually like because they weren't imposing rules on it mm-hmm. because you get into something like Singing in the Rain and like there's no mention of sex there's no no one does anything bad the worst thing is her voice is crazy and she yeah. wants to like sue the studio it's like the worst right um that was so funny okay linda is that her name the lena. character lena i always said that lena was a great antagonist she's great she was like so i always love she's like what do y'all think i'm dumb or something yeah. like so great so great and she's like actually really smart and she knows her worth which she I was does. very like proud of her for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like she was I mean like yeah her that led her to her downfall in yeah. the end but like I mean like we couldn't let her win right not, not against Debbie Reynolds I know like, no, Debbie Reynolds on, has sis. to come out on that <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was okay that was also kind of funny that Debbie Reynolds job was like doing these as an actress like doing mm-hmm. these side parties I'm like hello not much has changed Hollywood not much has changed like insane yeah because she like popped out of that cake and it's just like oh you're just like some girl at a party like a cater waiter or like every early actor's career doing these jobs that you don't like but you got to do them yeah so cute yeah okay more more code more code code. okay i know we're still in crimes against the law we haven't even gotten to sex (laughs) (laughs) um illegal drug use must never be presented okay makes sense i wonder what drugs like plagued their time I mean, they had, like, I want to say they had, like, cocaine and heroin, right? Probably. They had needles. I think they... Ooh, gross. I know. The, I wonder if they had weed back then. I think they did. Weed's been around for such a long time. Yeah. But I don't know if it was, like, the drug of choice. Right. 
I, prob- I think they were more into like party drugs. Was like opiates thing back then? I mean, I want to say yeah because like there were like opium dens like way before this. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think of. Um, so I think they had they had stuff yeah. like that. And then like when you get into like the fifties, the forties even, actually late thirties. Now that I think <laughs> of it, like probably around this time they started like that's when like stars were being drugged. You hear about like Marilyn Monroe and Judy Garland. And they still do it today. You get yeah. steroid, like an actor gets shot or gets shot, gets sick, and they get like steroid shots mm-hmm. so they can keep going. Right. And they did the same thing back then where they just gave him pills and like uppers and downers and tried to, they just controlled them that way. Yeah. It's like really sad that like a production can't like account for human. I know. Effect, like basic know. human. Like, I feel stuff. like hopefully they're getting better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Now that you have unions that imposes work hours and things like that. Um, okay. Last one that I have for this section. The use of liquor in American life when not required by plot or for proper characterization will not be shown. <laughs> so that's it's really interesting because they, in this one, they kind of build in their own outs for this rule. Yeah, you know? they do. It's like, we're not going to show any alcohol... Except every time, because it's always going to be motivated by plot or character. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's an oh my! I mean, I get it. They're like, look, we're not just doing it to show woohoo party. Right. It's like, look, we're doing it for like a reason. But it's almost like, okay, well, in a movie, it's either going to be a plot or about a character. Like, yeah. It's not much like you're going to bring on. Yeah. No, because you can anything a character does is motivated by character. Yeah. Duh. Like so duh, it, it was duh. interesting reading that one because I was like, wow, you guys, you're not committed to that one, clearly. I bet you that was like what you were saying earlier. They were afraid the government would come in. That's what I was thinking, that it's maybe like they could be like, no, 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 look, we have it. We we thought of it. Yeah, we thought of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah just like we showed concern. We showed concern for it, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's so true, though, because it's like, I mean, like, believe it or not, alcohol is a big part of any culture. Like It is. You know. Whether you're drinking it or not drinking it. There is an part. effect. And it's just mm-hmm. like... Even alcohol is a symbol in itself. Yeah. It has become like a literary symbol. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, hello, Jesus, drink wine. I know. Like, you can't... I know. You this can't was, escape it. This was during Prohibition, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Which, that's again, we get to talk about next episode. Next episode. Um, but, yeah, that's really fun. I love... Was it Hersey's? Hayes Code. Hayes Code? Yeah. Because I, like I, I forget his I first like name, it. but uh, Will. Will Hayes. Will H. Hayes was the guy um, who spearheaded this whole thing um religion is in there okay there were a couple but basically it was no making fun of the clergy okay so like you can't make fun of and something they did put in here which i really appreciated especially for the time was there was a lot of like no making fun of other cultures they specifically state no making fun of other religions no making fun of other cultures okay i feel like it still happened it did but, but again, at least they thought put about it. it. They thought about it. Thought about it. <laughs> no, no. See, all you social racist. justice warriors, this has been going on longer. <laughs> I know. We're going to get to something that oh. was weird to me. Um, profanity. Pointed profanity or vulgar expressions, however used, are forbidden. Do they not curse at all? No. Wow. Not that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like really, they definitely never ever say like the f word yeah I'd, shit i feel like i heard the c word though 
No, what? Am I crazy? You're crazy. Okay, I'm crazy. I don't even know if that was a word then. I mean, I'm sure it was. <laughs> Especially in an American movie. They don't yeah. even say that now a lot That's of the time. sure they don't. Um, That's for the rats of TV. Yeah. <laughs> but like, they don't even, like, they don't say bitch at all. You're right, they, they did broad, it. dame, floozy, mm-hmm. trollop. I love the word trollop. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, no, I can't think of a movie around this time where they say the F word or yeah. any Oh, word. definitely, yeah. I think you're right. They kind of, because I would have definitely been like, oh my gosh, should they just say that? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <about that? laughs> um, dances. Dances which emphasize indecent movements are to be regarded as obscene. Okay. So no hips, no, no yeah. hip shaking. Um, and then my, okay, my favorite section. Yes. The big one, sex. Adultery, sometimes necessary to plot material. Again, again, building in there out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Must not be explicitly treated or justified or presented attractively. Okay, yeah. Which, like, thinking back, I was like, oh, yeah, they really... Never, and I think that's why, like, every time there's an affair, the woman is portrayed so poorly. Like, the man can get away with still being our main character, but mm-hmm. like, his mistress or whatever you want to call it is like just looked down upon. Right. Well, and, it, and I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, we're supposed to root for our main character. We are. You know, back then they weren't really gonna. I don't feel like there are a lot of movies played with that, you know, device of having a character that we wouldn't root for right no they wouldn't because we're not supposed to sympathize with villains villains. and stuff like that so everyone has to be so and it's just like unfortunate that you know in that time men were getting these roles and it's like okay if i am like a storyteller and i want to say adultery is bad well the only choice is to portray a woman poorly right and it's like if you because if you had given the woman her own side of the story you probably would sympathize her more than if she's just that hoe over there yeah a thoughty a thoughty (laughs) a hotty but a thoughty which well oh never mind remind me again Mm -hmm. that we'll have to talk about this in the next episode because this haze code is applying to a lot for mm -hmm. our next I'm, i'm definitely gonna like write it in here because I when we watched our I mean our next movie is The Public Enemy. Yeah, sorry to beat around the bush, sorry. guys. Sorry, didn't I didn't realize like, we were going to bring it up so much, but it really right. that yeah. yeah we go into like uh, the next room, the and, next room, and it's like a gangster movie from 31? 33? 33? No, no, Footlight. 31. Footlight. 31, you're right. Yeah, um, so just two years before this, also starring James Cagney, and there's I thought about the Hayes Code a lot while we were watching it, especially with like the opening and ending title cards which we'll get to next episode um the next sex point scenes of passion should not be introduced when not essential to the plot in general excessive passion should so be treated that these scenes do not stimulate the lower and baser element don't turn anyone on. The baser elements. The baser elements. Make sure that your baser elements are <laughs> not touched or <laughs> infectious. Yeah, I mean, it really... And I think I couldn't find it built into the code because I actually like read it online. But I always heard this rumor that when men and women were kissing, someone's foot had to be on the ground. Okay. And I don't know where I heard this, but like I always notice it. 
like anytime they're like they could be laying down on like a bed and like the man's foot is going to be on the ground interesting you know yeah. like he's never going to get completely on the bed and i don't know if that is just a rumor i've always heard like a myth or if that was how they kind of interpreted it yeah i mean that makes sense because then it still gives you the sense that like he's not going to fully declove that he still is like one foot out one mm-hmm. foot out one foot in exactly like he's not gonna you come can't back. take your yeah. pants off if your foot doesn't leave the ground yeah yeah so i think that was like kind of like yeah like i'm obeying the code mm-hmm. this is how we're doing it right but yeah. again if it's essential to the plot maybe they were like don't make it essential to the plot. <laughs> don't make it, i know but I feel like reading the Hayes Code, I really did sympathize with them. And I, I I, really feel like it was just them trying to get something down on paper to ease everyone's minds. Yeah. And it, wa- it wasn't like a censorship Mm-mm. thing. That's just kind of what it turned yeah. into. Well, and like you said, you have to, if you want this industry to take off, you do have to take these kind of precautions, mm-hmm. kind of like meeting people in the middle. It's a new thing. It's like, so new. It was like, I mean... The technology had been around a little bit longer, but they were only making movies for like 30 years at this point. I feel like some of these earliest silent films are like the turn of the century. Yeah. And this was 1930 that they sat down and wrote this. I can't think of anything. I mean, the only thing that I can think of that's new, like the film industry, is like the internet mm-hmm. and that kind of media. And yes. we're kind of, and like we're di- living. Yeah, like a digital, yeah. Yeah, we're kind of living in that it's so new. We're still learning how to f- deal with it. We're still time. making laws. We're still making like, laws against not it. Not long ago, Insta- we had to change Instagrams because of Firefest. Oh, what did they have to change? What did they well, actually change? No, they didn't, I don't know if they had to change it, but like, and it's not like a law or government had mm-hmm. to get involved, but that is why, that is a big reason mm. why that we have. Sp- Hashtag sponsored, hashtag yeah, ad. Yeah, it is, is a, a law now. Re- oh, yeah. I okay. think it is. You do have to disclose if you're being paid for yeah. um, a sponsored ad. Exactly. And that, I mean, it's be- and it took an, an, it took an event. It yeah. It took that, you know, that no one was really, you know, it's still, it's funny because you're like, okay, it's been around for a couple years, but like, no, in the grand scheme and like, just like how industries are yeah. born. So it's new. so young. Yeah. It's like not even past the toddler. Because you think, think about music. Music has been around in some way or another since we were like cavemen yeah we were banging Mm -hmm. on things and stringing things up so painting has been around for since we were cavemen like Mm -hmm. everything else it really is even theater yeah you know started Mm -hmm. such a long time ago that yeah film and the internet are two things that i can think of because film is still so new Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things yeah agreed and that did tv come before film no Okay. TV was after. Okay. TV was like 50s. Okay. When people yeah. were getting it. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, had yeah. it before, but when people were actually getting them in their homes. When it's like consumerized. When yeah. it's like in the global scheme and mm-hmm. not just like... Which a- is interesting that Singing in the Rain came out in the 50s, kind of around the time when people were starting to get TVs. And the film industry freaked out when people mm-hmm. started getting TVs. And Rightly that's, so. That's when you got like huge productions. The same thing happened with 3D and what happens with these big blockbusters is like f- we have 4d now it's imax it's just a way to get people into the theater because they're so afraid of losing them to tv and streaming mm-hmm. i mean yeah that's the beauty again beauty of competition yeah it makes you do better and I it's mean, great like, for the consumer yeah great for us yeah i mean especially so we have like these new movie passes and mm-hmm. like mc passes just to like get us to come yeah 
to the movies. And to choose their theater versus the other one. Right. Very much so. Especially yeah. AMC. You guys are killing it with those lounge chairs. I know. And the, oh my gosh, I love. And my AMC stubs. And my AMC stubs. Hell yeah. Hashtag not, not sponsored, but we wouldn't turn it down. We would not. <laughs> please contact us. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag we were part of MoviePass's downfall. Yes. Well, we caused movie. Pass. We caused. We, we were the three to four movie a week people. <laughs> How could you not? We lived so. We lived walking distance from a theater yeah. that participated in movie pass. Mm-hmm. You could not tell me to not go to a movie. I know. I would literally. It would be like a Tuesday after work, and I was like, oh, I don't have anything else to do. Yeah. Let's just go see a movie. Yeah. It was great for movies, but we we always knew it wouldn't last. Mm-hmm. Which again led us to seeing. I was like, I gotta use it when I. I gotta use them all up when I can. Yeah. I missed it because I used to catch a lot of indie. Yeah. Like art movies. Me too. Movies that that I probably wouldn't have paid to go see because I would have been a little more selective. Yeah. But, I mean, now, if AMC brings them, play more indie films. Come on, AMC. But also, don't get rid of the Avengers. (laughs) Do do both. (laughs) Do it all. (laughs) Um, I won't buy... I would say I'd buy popcorn. But no, I've I've officially said no to popcorn. Really? I I can't do movie popcorn anymore. Unless they change Mm. the formula, but, like, it just, like, ruins my night. What if you get... Unbuttered. No. Oh. Too dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. To, no. You need the grease to help it go down. Yeah. Or, okay, maybe if they change the butter. That's what I... I get guess, real butter? Well, no, not real butter, but like... No, if, I want them to get real butter. Okay, then yes. Get I'm them, a butter if, snob. I if they real get butter. real butter, then I'll be fine. It's just like, it shouldn't get that color. <laughs> or that consistency. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, no. shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that fluorescent. <laughs> Oh, okay. Back to sex? Yeah, I guess. There's three more, and I realize now that I left the three dark ones for the end. I when mean, I meant to throw these in the middle so we no, could come up at the end. this is how we do end. it, though. This is how we do it on We Watch Things. We're not afraid of the dark. Um, This one, I don't know why they grouped these two together, but seduction or rape. Okay. To me, two very different things. Yeah. But this is they wrote it. Seduction or rape, they should never be more than suggested and only when essential for the plot, and even then never shown by explicit method. They are never the proper subject for comedy. Oh. Right. I mean, I agree. Yeah, same. It's interesting that they felt the need to put that in there. About the comedy. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't think of a movie that played it for comedy before, so I'm hoping they were just covering their bases. Um. Then I'm gonna print it, mispronounce this miscegenation, m i s c e g e n a t i o n, is forbidden. I had to look it up. It's relations between different races. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Which wait, you couldn't make fun of other cultures, but you couldn't but, show right. But you couldn't have like a mixed race couple. But what's interesting is it was illegal at this time. Like, this was actually illegal. You could not, like, you couldn't get married to someone of a different race. Well, I should say, I don't know how broad it was. If you were white or black, you couldn't marry each other. Yeah. I don't know if, like... Latino. If it, right, I don't know how far that law It probably went. didn't. I mean, like... I, probably, I don't know how specific they were. Yeah, that's probably an unspoken thing too at the time. Was yeah. Like your only but it really was against the law. So I, it's interesting that they wrote this in. Um, maybe it's another government thing. Yeah, like just a precautionary. Yeah. And then this is the last one. I, I put, 
I put here this and remember this is under sex and I don't know why this is under the umbrella of sex but it just says white slavery shall not be treated what I don't know <laughs> shouldn't be treated shouldn't be treated so I think by treated they mean shown like portrayed okay. that's my guess um, I don't know what white yeah, slavery why, is. Yeah, or why, you're right, why is that under sex? Is this like is sex so trafficking? Confusing. I don't know. But also, like, it only it's only white slavery. <laughs> they they made it, it, not just slavery in general, it's just that. Um, so that one baffles me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I would like to call them and be like, Mr. Hayes. What does this even mean? What is it? What are you guys going for? We're making a movie. So we're making a movie. We were thinking about the <laughs> I know. Like, what would that... It'd be a fantasy world. Yeah. Unless it's, it means something that I don't know. I don't know. Maybe when we do... When we dive more into these movies made in this time, it'll be made... But it's never portrayed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's never is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was weird. And I also don't understand why it's under sex. Um, but the Hayes Code is what turned into, the, they got rid of it in 1968 was the official end of it. Okay. Um, but it was kind of on its way out for a while before that because movies were coming out that disregarded the Hayes Code and they were making a ton of money. Yeah. So and, I like, mean, oh, okay. and that's what happens. That happens to sign them of, like when you don't have the government backing. Yeah. Because there was like this, it kind of, the Hayes Code kind of reminds me of this like Spanish, um, there's this group in Spain, mm -hmm. I do not know their name, which is like bad, but what they did is they would police mm -hmm. language in the way that the Spanish language was used in advertisements and um, stuff around. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it definitely would not have worked here in America, but it's like mm -hmm. when you're misusing a word or if you're like kind of using slang on a word. It, or like you're taking a word and like slingifying it, mm -hmm. like they would stop you. Okay. And they had power because people would like back them up. But then like, you know, as time goes on and like people's minds open so up and they like, don't care anymore. Changed. Yeah. yeah. And like, language changes. They kind of lost power because like no one was like, okay, what will you? What? No consequences will come. Of yeah. You guys telling you know. That's kind of what the Hayes Code was too. Is like since the government wasn't enforcing it. There, I don't know what the consequences were of this. There, there was a benefit to it in that the Hayes Code would, um, or the MPAA would back your film a little bit, like endorse it, and then people knew they could bring their families and it right. would be okay. It was just like a stamp of approval. The I was stamp like, of okay, approval. we've seen this movie, it's good to go. Like it... mm -hmm. But one of my favorite movies, and one that's been on the list that I'm dying to show you, is Some Like It Hot, and it also Ooh. came out in the 50s. And that was, I was reading an article, that was one of the ones that completely disregarded the Hayes Code, because it has gangsters, it has sex, it has Marilyn Monroe in a dress that makes her look like she's naked. Yes. Everything. Cross-dressing. Yeah. Big thing. It's all about these two men who dress up as women to try and hide. Um, it was comedy. Mm -hmm. And it made a ton of money. So that, I was reading that, was kind of the first one that alerted them to the fact that like it's not going anywhere. But it did turn into the rating system that no. we know today. Um, so that's all I have. Yeah, I mean, this was a lot of fun. There were some good movies to, you know, kick off mm -hmm. our series with. Yeah. a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch more. Well, we've already started, but... I know, we, <laughs> we're getting a jump on it because we do have a lot of movies to watch, but... Yeah, and but we're doing it for you guys. 
All two of you. All two of you. <laughs> no, we're really we're really popular in Australia, apparently. Yes, my SoundCloud metrics have alerted me that we have a really good following in Australia. So thank you, yeah. Australian listeners. We're honestly really appreciative of you listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. No sarcasm is dripping no. from my mouth at this moment. Like we love you guys. <laughs> Rapper X Grave Digger is our top. Reaper, Reaper, Reaper X Gravedigger, whoever you are, love the name. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I mean, like, we'll, yeah. Um, next week we move on to next, the next week. Room. The ride continues. The ride continues. We we're going into two rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these movies. Well, I shouldn't say movies. It's more genres, but we picked movies from each genre that were iconic. Um, first, we go into our gangster room. We're going to watch The Public Enemy. Public Enemy from 1931 with James Cagney, not Public Enemy Johnny Depp. Mm-mm. Was a little disappointed when that news broken to me, but I got over it. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. I did not <laughs> thought it was... Well, I knew it wasn't the Johnny oh, okay. Depp version okay. of Avi, but like, it would have been like, I'm like, okay, so... <laughs> you didn't realize we were watching something so old. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I was... Um, Excited when you said James Cagney was in it. Yeah. Because I did really enjoy him in Footlight Parade. Me too. He is a phenomenal performer. Yes. Which we'll get into more next week just because I wanted to wait. I didn't want to talk about it much this time because I wanted... Because he... These are so con- such contrasting roles Very. that he played. So yeah. So we'll get into that next week. Yes. I'm excited. And then we're going to also in the next episode um, continue into the Western room and we're going to watch The Searchers, which is one of my favorite movies. Um... Yeah. yeah, maybe Carolyn will convince Western. me to love Westerns. <laughs> I'm not going to try, because here's the thing, is Westerns are also a product of their time and not so politically correct. So I'm not going to defend or try to get you to love anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shot beautifully. If you just, just Which I'll appreciate, appreciate that. Which I'll appreciate. You will, you will. Um, it has great music, too. So Most you, Westerns do, I feel. Yeah. I feel like the music is what really carries that genre. Yeah. Honestly, the, the problem with Westerns is they're a little racist. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I'm sure new Westerns are trying to... It's kind of sad. We'll get into it. Oh, definitely. I have lots of episode. thoughts. Yeah. Lots, lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Um, so, yeah. That's all we have from... So, remember, remember, everyone, don't present your murders in a way that's going to inspire imitation. Mm-hmm. I just want to leave you with that. No methods allowed. No method Don't you dare think about dynamiting a train Mm-mm. or a mine or any buildings and no safe cracking. Not at all. At Bring all. a friend. Bring a friend. <laughs> that's what I'm going to leave you with. Yeah. Um, make sure you guys are following us on Instagram at WeWatchThings underscore pod and on Twitter at we watch, watch under no watch watch underscore pod watch underscore pod <laughs> um if you are listening on apple no itunes or mm-hmm. even here in soundcloud please go ahead rate us give us um some comments some mm-hmm. feedback oh. or oh i was yep go yep. for it we're we, on spotify yes we're officially on spotify yeah. now so um it took us a while to get there, but, you know, we are there now. I mm-hmm. realize a lot of people do listen to their podcast through Spotify. Yeah. So we are there now, too. So go ahead and press on your playlist and go ahead and share yeah. us with all your friends. Tell them about this great series we're doing. Yeah, come on. Everyone loves a great movie ride. They do. That's They why. wouldn't shut it down. They wouldn't shut it down because we all love it. Come on. 
It will live on and on and on, and I miss it so much. I could cry. I used to, like, my friends would get mad at me when I would even get fast passes for it, but it's just like... I you got like, a fast pass for it? Well, like, they were, sometimes that line, were... that line had a line. Sometimes it had a line. It did have a line. The line is fun, though. Yeah, but, like... W- okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's, like, the only way I can get my friends on it is if I got the fast I've, pass? Okay, <laughs> and yes, you get that fast pass. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.